Welcome to Elite Team Athletics Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Cognitori. But more importantly, we have a special guest with us today, former Minnesota Gopher and Chief Operating Officer of Hoops in Christ. Kendall Shell is with us today. How's it going, Ken? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me, man. Dude, so your story's crazy. You're originally a, a, a preferred walk-on, and you're recruited by Tubby. Mm-hmm. You end up going, you know, finishing your career with Patino. Yep. Was that really where you wanted to go? Was Minnesota, did you just... Tubby, you love Tubby right off the bat, or what got you here? Yeah, yeah, good question. So early on, Tubby recruited me early kind of in my basketball playing career. Uh, And at that time, it was probably like around freshman, sophomore year of high school, right? So going through that process on and off, right, no official offers. And I kind of go through that final recruiting process through junior year uh, without an offer from Tubby. Um, So actually at the time, I was planning to go out West Coast, more so, I had some potential offers to go play out at Pepperdine, uh, Loyola, Marymount, some schools out there. Both of my brothers live out west, so it was like one of those things where, you know, I thought I wanted to be around that setting. We both played basketball so I could train with them, be with them. Um, and towards the end, I'd say actually my grad party at high school, I just wasn't sure. I was like, this doesn't feel right. Pepperdine doesn't have a football team. It just isn't that college feel. And I was trying to figure out, like, what's the right fit here? Uh, and I know Tubby still kind of stayed connected with me. And at the time, really, my goal um, wasn't more so playing in the NBA, but more so running an NBA team or running a college program at the time. And so I wanted to be around, like, a personality or a coach that could kind of make that happen as well as be around an atmosphere like that. So Pepperdine is in a West Coast conference, right? Like the best thing happened there is Gonzaga. Or you have the Big Ten. And, you know, I made a decision kind of later on. I was pretty self-aware kind of early where I was at in my basketball journey. I was like, you know what, I want to try this out. Uh, And I had reached out to Tubby uh, because he had reached out to me, uh, like I said, during that school year, just to say, you know, good good things, uh, great season, things like that. Uh, And I reached back out to him. Thanks, coach, things like that. Um, And he reached back out and potentially talked about the preferred walk-on route. And what that would look like just because he knew academically I was there. And so I thought about that, prayed about it, talked to my parents about it. Uh, we drove up here to Minneapolis. Uh, that was the first time I actually officially visited the campus. It was an unofficial visit. Actually had a violation because it was like a dead period. But he was just like, whatever, like, we want to get you up here to do this. Uh, so we came up here, uh, made that happen. And, you know, eventually I made that decision like two days later, called him back. Actually, no, it was... It was when I got home that night. So from so two days after I got there, when I was on my way back home, I called him and let him know that I wanted to make that decision and do that and come here. Uh, and so we rushed the admission process. I had gotten admitted like a day later. And well, they, they signed off on you like this. Yeah. <laughs> right away, right away. It was good. And I got back. It was, I called and I said, when are they reporting? He said, next week. I was like, oh, shoot, bro. <laughs> That's it, because I didn't know, like, I guess I didn't really grasp. I was still going through the recruiting process. I didn't realize about summer workouts, um, so I had to be there next week. Started summer workouts, and it was interesting. You know, it was it was definitely different. It was a different – one, it's just different going from high school to college. It's such a huge transition. I don't think people realize everything about it. So much more of just it's it's their 
job is their livelihoods as coaches. It's not a volunteer after hour thing. You're not teaching social studies during the day. So it's so different. So I had to go through that as well as just like getting used to one, not being the guy on the team, right? Everybody goes through that going to college. It doesn't matter if you're one of the best players in the country, you go through that, but also really in a position where nobody knew me, you know, like who, who am I? I came in with Dre Hollins and Joe Coleman, who are two of my best friends today. Um, and now at that time, they're even like, who's this guy? Right. So it was a lot of that coming into it, but um, it was good. Started out with him and then yeah, Tubby got fired and coach Patino came in, but luckily coach Patino um, gave me, uh, a scholarship uh, when he was there. Like Coach Smith originally had promised we prefer to walk on position because when Coach P came, things definitely got a little questionable for me. <laughs> well, the, the craziest part about your story too, though, is you're saying you were pretty aware of where you were going with your career and you had an idea. And, and to give people a perspective, you were a very, very smart, well, you're a very intelligent person. But to be a kid, and be that intelligent is absurd. I mean, you had a 29 on your ACT. You had a perfect on your SAT reading score. I mean, you you were a 4.02. Where I come from, you could just get a 4.0. I don't know what kind of extra credit they got going on by you, but you had the, the 4.02. You were exactly a dream for any college's program to have academically. And, and to have that mindset, you know what? I'm not trying to go to the league. I'm trying to figure out the right position so I could do what you were saying, run a team, whether it's the pro level or the college level. It, it's a different mindset because a lot of the kids and people we talk to, their stuff is strictly, okay, I'm here. I'm trying to be one and done. I'm going to the league. So to give that perspective is, is incredible. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I think that is perspective. I think the big thing for me and why I try to pour into the youth right now is like a lot of youth right now, they have the mindset and the ability to think that big and to think outside of just hoops, but really the people in their corner, whether it be their parents, their mentors, their coaches, they're really boxing them into this one dimensional thinking of, I need to go lead to make it out. And they're not even thinking about all these other avenues and thinking about what they need to be doing after hoops. And a lot of guys want to think about that stuff, but they're just so forced to just think about basketball, basketball, basketball. So it's like just super important that you make sure you pour into them and teach them all these other avenues they need to start thinking about um, because they're willing to. Like kids are smarter than you think, you know what I mean, even at an early age. And I think my parents really kind of pushed that into me early. And that's the reason that I kind of thought that way a little bit earlier and kind of knew kind of what the end goal was after that. Well, the, the cool part for me, too, like when I think about your role, and this is me spitballing, so correct me if I'm wrong, uh -huh. but for what you did, it, it would go unnoticed to like somebody who doesn't really understand hoops. You know what I mean? For somebody who's just a fan, just shows up to the games, they're just seeing the, the seven to eight guys that maybe get minutes on the floor on a regular basis, but beyond that, they don't understand what's going into practices, who's pushing who during practices, what kind of help, you know, standing out there with the towel, screaming, getting everybody going. Like, you brought in a lot of energy and enthusiasm, and I know the program missed that when you left. You know what I mean? That, that's a hard person to replace that people don't even know about. So I was hoping you could elaborate on that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was a position that, you know, just first to start, right, I never, like, came to Minnesota with the dreams of being that person that, like, was just the most energized guy, right? The guy that didn't play as much to start, but really, like, brought all the energy. But just for me, I just love winning, first of all. Like, I come from a tradition of winning. I never lost more than three or four games in a season. 
in high school, in middle school, anything like that. So like, no matter what, I'm just going to have that energy when there's 40 minutes on the clock, when there's 30 minutes, two minutes on the clock in high school. That's just the big thing. And where I come from, my high school coach, Jay Blossom, um, back in Webster Groves, Missouri, right? He's like, in my opinion, one of the greatest high school coach, one of the greatest coaches at any level. Um, if you're not bringing it just as a whole in practice, outside of practice, on the sidelines, reuniting the game, you're not going to be on that team in high school. Um, I think that's one piece of it. And then two, I just know that how down guys can get, you know, I saw it as more of a coaching psychology piece to it too, right? I saw that I wanted to be a coach. I wanted to train. I just wanted to develop athletes one day. And for me, I always saw, you know, how down teammates would get at times or how down they would be in practice. And I knew it was up to me, somebody who maybe wasn't playing as much. So I wasn't going to get all that wrath from the coaches. I needed to bring hundred percent energy, no matter what the day was. And that was going to help. And it was a natural thing coming on. And then as you know, freshman, sophomore year hit, you know, I started realizing it was starting to help. People were starting to address it. People were starting to acknowledge it. And it was just one of those things where it just started to be contagious. Like by the end of my four year stint, like you didn't see me sitting down throughout an entire game and it just didn't matter. And even at that time, Coach Patino was throwing me into some offensive defensive situations with Dre Hollins, right? Like Dre's my guy. He had hips at the time that were, I mean, it was tough for him to guard like guys. So when he's up here shooting 20 shots a game, so I would need to get in, right, and play defense when I would actually be playing more with Coach Patino senior year, but it didn't change. I was still on the sideline with that same energy just because I knew it was needed. Um, and I knew I could be that guy. I could be that energy piece. I think that's just how I was throughout my entire throughout my entire uh, basketball career. I was always that guy from when my dad coached me to high school to college. I was looked at as that person, that leader. I was a point guard my entire career. So I was always that person that needed to talk. And in college, I mean, I just realized early, like, I really don't care if I'm not going to play. I'm still going to be that guy. And there hasn't been a year or a game or a time where I wasn't the loudest guy in the gym. Like, that's just 100%, whether it's open gym, whether it's the game. I've always been the loudest guy in the gym in any practice on any team. Uh, and that's something I kind of started to pride myself with. And it was something that I was proud that I could go to any teammate and they could be quick to say, yeah, Kendall was that guy. Well, you know, I've heard that. I've heard that from a few of your teammates. And, and they tell me that, you know, they respect that as, as you being a leader. That's just naturally who you are. So that, that's amazing. Um, you know, on top of that, too, I wanted to ask you about some of your favorite moments. I mean, you guys went to the tournament. You guys mm -hmm. went to the NIT tournament twice, won it one year. I know you got a lot of memories. Yeah, yeah. I would say, um, I mean, first NIT, you know, we went there early. That would be cool. I would say the best memory would be Indiana. We beat them when they were number one. So when we had to rush the court, that was one of the best teams, I would say. Um, college basketball teams, like starting fives in general. I would throw an Ohio State five out there. I know a Michigan State five off the top. I know Michigan's five off the top, but then Indiana. They had Jordan Halls, Yogi Ferrell, Cody Zeller, Victor Oladipo, Christian Watford, right? One of the best fives I saw. They were number one, and we beat them at home. That was the best, probably the best memory. Um, and NIT is a close second. Winning championship in NIT is a close second. It was literally like we went freshman year, and we lost it in the championship to Stanford. Like, it was just an untalked about thing. Like, when you lose like that, it's just, it's who cares anymore. So we lost to Stanford, uh, and so we were able to get back. Um, through kind of a down year and like coaches are really good at you know 
figuring out how to motivate you in a postseason when you're not making an NCAA tournament, but using it as motivation for the next year. It's Coach Patino's first year, right? So everybody like expected us to maybe do something, but they didn't really know. So this was a good stepping stone, and it was cool just being in New York. That was when Big Patino, Rick Patino, was probably closest to us. He went to every game. You know, he came and talked to us in the locker room halftime after the game. So it was cool to get that perspective. Uh, and then just being able to be out throughout New York after that win, that was a good time. You know what I mean? It was, just, it was a good time. So I would say probably those two jump out at me as the top two memories. And then, you know, you always go on trips throughout that Thanksgiving time, like your all your different invitational tournaments. So I would say that was cool. Like freshman year, Old Spice Classic, which was the one that's pretty much where the NBA bubbles at right now, like, that's where the Old Spike Classic was at. So that's where we stayed and then played down there. So that was a good time. Uh, and then <clears throat> sophomore year, we went to the Bahamas. That was probably my favorite tournament. Battle for Atlantis. It's also like the bubble because it's played in a ballroom, which is dope. Like, you're playing in a ballroom, which is really different, but super loud. Um, so that was a good time. And then junior year was Maui, which is a close second. And I like Maui Invitational just because it is in, like, a rec center. And I didn't know that. Like, so there's just so many different things I didn't know about all these different venues. And, like, so you're just literally in a local Hawaii rec center, like, super loud because there's so many fans. Every fan wants to come to Hawaii. So they're all in Hawaii. That's just a good time because we actually didn't play that well, but we played some good teams. Like, we got to play Syracuse there. Like, even in Bahamas, that's we got to play Duke. Like, growing up, I love Coach K. So my favorite memory is we took an elder to Coach K, but I got to shake his hand and say, good game, Coach. Like, that type of stuff, I really appreciate it. Like, so those are some of my favorite memories from me. Man, you better than me. I would have been a fanboy, and I would have been telling somebody, hey, get this picture at this right? time without touching his hand. <laughs> I was really mad, though, because we, like, they were the first game. So we're like, yo, that's one. That's the that's the first game we get, like, out the gate. <laughs> and then we felt like that, but then we almost beat them. And, like, we almost beat him. But, like, Seth Curry at the time in college was a dog. He was nice. So, he, he's like, so went cold. Us. he was really good. Yeah, he's cold. I, I can't believe he doesn't. I mean, he's getting it now. But I yeah. can't believe he didn't get ticked starting off. Like, they were really yeah. dogging him. I know. I thought he'd be like Trey Young just right now. Like, yeah. Yeah, I can't believe it. Especially, like, I knew he belonged to that, uh, that playoff game when he was going against his brother and his brother. He kept swiping him the whole game, getting cookies. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, they're going back and forth. But, yeah, Seth, he was awesome right. in college. Right, right. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask, too, you, you brought up to uh, your high school, you mentioned the M-I, crooked letter, crooked letter, O-U-R-I. So I wanted to get into Missouri a little bit. Sorry to bust out some Nelly lyrics on you. Yeah, yeah. But um, like you said, you were talking about Jay Blossom. He's a, right. a high school Hall of Fame coach, three state, three-time state champ. Mm-hmm. Um, you've learned under him. You you did you start since your freshman year? You've been playing varsity since freshman year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. So I started starting halfway uh, through my sophomore year, early on in my sophomore year. Freshman year, um, I started out season hurt. Got moved over to varsity. Uh, so played half that for a little bit and played varsity. And we won state varsity freshman year. But no, I didn't start. So I played I, after um, one of my um, really basketball mentors. Right, like I've got a lot of basketball mentors so I'm just I'm just in it like I'm in the game in a lot of different ways right and just one of my basketball mentors early on is Drew Hanlon um who is like the CEO of Pure Sweat and so he went to my high school and so he was the point guard and he's the one like I looked up to the entire time I mean he went to St. Elementary School 
his little sister is one of my best friends. So I was close to him for a long time. And it was really just a watching him and saw what he did type of a thing. Like he's one of the best high school hoopers I ever saw. Um, but really just following him. He was a senior at the time and he was a, he was a dog. So he was our point guard. He led us to a state championship that year. And he's kind of the one who one taught me really that kind of hard work off the court as far as outside of practice and things like that, like coming in before and early mornings, getting in and shooting and things like that. And now reinstilling that with other players. So that and then Pierce Sweat, what he has right now, actually, he started that like around high school time. So I was one of his first like people used to train and like used to be in the videos and stuff like that back in the day. And so um, during that time, I didn't start. He made his way out. He showed me the way throughout that time. And then after that, kind of got the reins. Uh, sophomore year, we we did some, we did damage, did it great. We didn't lose more than three games, but we had an early round playoff exit, which was like a, a no no. Like a lot of teams, that's great, great year, you know what I mean? But for us, like that stung. Expect they're like, yo, what's going on, right? We just won state, Drew's gone. But um, after that junior year, um, we lose uh, semifinals. Uh, then senior year. Still hard to talk about, but <laughs> another championship game um, with Chaminade, which is a great team from St. Louis now. And then at the time, Bradley Beal, who's in the league now, um, we played against him. And that was my matchup, actually, but he got the better of the matchup at that time. And, yeah, it was it was a rough one. But there was a lot of controversial calls that, you know, we still don't talk about or bring up too much to this day. Well, I gotta ask you something. I don't want it to sting. Did he? Did he have a burner back then too? Oh yeah, yeah. Brad, Brad had a burner. It was a diff. It was. I mean, we had forty-one. I think that game. Oh, uh, right, and it was just easy. And I remember like, what something happened where he started out the game a layup, and he's guarding me too. But I get out quick, hit a three, first first bucket on our team, and like in two seconds. He's out because I got guard. I mean, he pulls up from like five feet behind the three-point line and hits it. It was like quick. Like, I can't even finish celebrating. And just after that moment, that's the last thing I remember from the game. I mean, it was – it was he was he was pulling. But, yeah, Brad won State his sophomore year, and it was all him. And, like, mm-hmm. Missouri State High School basketball is not – it's not easy, and he did it. He made it look easy. And he's always had that smooth type of game, too. But – uh Best thing about Brad, he's always been, like, the same type of dude, though. Like, I mean, I've been around a lot of other guys, and, like, no one, like, him, even little Jason Tatum, like, they haven't changed, which is a cool thing, I think, about St. Louis Hoopers. Like, they're just super down to earth. And, like, how he acts on the court, how he looks, is exactly how he is, uh, if you ever met him. Just super cool laid back. Yeah, super cool laid back. Like, his game is just how his personality is. That's dope. That's dope. And you know what? I, I'm a huge – I mean, I'm a fan of Bradley Beal, a big-time mm-hmm. fan, but I, I've loved Jason Tatum since way back. Yeah. And, I, and he's just – he reminds me a lot of, like, a, a more athletic Carmelo. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that same kind of killer, like, offensive killer. Exactly. And if he gets the right people around him, he'll be – he'll have a lot of them behind him. But, yeah, obviously, I mean, I don't want to say it, but – a little but bi- I mean, it's a little biased, right? Obviously, St. Louis, but, like, I mean, I've been saying it for a little bit. I've been thinking for a little bit, like, I mean, he's a dog. He's next up. Like, if I'm making my team around somebody, I always tell people, like, him or John Morant, right? And I try not to be biased with it, but he's just, like you said, Carmelo, he has so much in his bag. 
in my opinion. Like, it's just, it's so much. And um, that same type of killer mentality, like St. Louis, like, we might be kind of Midwest, but we don't have that Midwest nice down there. Like, it's not, it's not that type of swag. And, like, Mellow's from the East Coast. And I'm not saying we're East Coast type of Ubers, but we bring that type of tenacity. Like, yeah. without a doubt. So, yeah. And, I mean, dude, any, I, I, he made me further like a bigger believer when he yammed on LeBron right yeah. after that. I'm like, <laughs> this guy, he just keeps surpassing where I think he'd go. Exactly. It's something about St. Louis Hoopers too, where it's just like, it just came out of him where he just kind of bumped him. He's just like, when you're in between lines, it don't matter anymore. I think it's just that it's that type of mentality. It's always been that type of mentality, but yeah, he's definitely somebody that's super impressive. Oh God. Yeah. And, and so when I was digging on you too, after your senior year, you went and played in a, a Future 150 camp. You also played in uh, some Midwest All-Star games. You were a four-time letterer in band, played the mm-hmm. trumpet. I don't know if you played other instruments beyond that or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played a little drum line, like percussion and stuff, too. Okay, okay. And then on top of that, you were a baseball stud. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have any interest in following baseball. It was strictly basketball. I know your brothers are on you about ba- or basketball from the jump, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. But, like, they played baseball, too. My middle bro's pretty good at baseball. He's pretty good at soccer, too. But I only played two sports. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, my 16-U year, I played summer baseball. And I played a little bit of, like, basketball, too. But I was playing more baseball this summer, actually. Like, more 80-20. Like, more baseball than basketball. It was the first time in my lifetime. So I kind of thought about that time. So I would say baseball was really – one of my favorite kind of times for a while there too. Like I love both. Um, but I think basketball at the end of the day, uh, there was just a different place in my heart. I think because of my brothers and then my dad's ref basketball since like 1990. Um, so it's been about over 30 before then probably actually. So about over 30 some, some odd years he ref the first women's pro league, uh, and then he refed a little bit of college, and he refed high school basketball in St. Louis for a long time. So I grew up just in the locker rooms, like in the gym and stuff. Yeah. And with the tradition, with us, with Webster, I think it was one of those things where hoops at the end of the day, I think that's really the main reason. There was a different type of place in my heart. Like, at times, I felt like I enjoyed playing baseball more than basketball. Um, and the reason why baseball, like, people might be confused, like, in St. Louis, like, baseball is, like, second nature mm-hmm. like literally it's everything like st louis cardinals baseball is next level stuff like that's huge like that's it's just different like it's a pastime like you go to three four games a year just like you go to your family's house for easter christmas and thanksgiving like it's literally that important we don't have an nba team so you know it's everything it's kind of our social climate so baseball is everything down there so would you be like ozzy new or ozzy uh yeah, Ozzy Newsome. Was that was that your guy? Ozzy Smith. Smith. Yeah, my bad. Ozzy Smith. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, Ozzy Smith, like him, like I mean, a lot of people, like Mark McGuire, like oh, that's yeah. like, that him and Sammy Sosa rivalry growing up, like Big Max, like we saw Big Max get introduced. We were the test run at McDonald's because of Mark McGuire and everything that happened with them, and we were getting twenty five cent Big Macs every playoff game, like things like that, like you remember, and um, Albert Pujols, like. Yep. When he came, he switched it up. Then we won another – like, I saw two World Series. I went to one World Series clinching game. So it's, like, one of those things where it's a big thing for your childhood. Like, most generations have seen a World Series, so it's just super important. Okay. 
Yeah, bet. I didn't know that. You know that I had to do a lot of digging to find all that on you. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, again, the band thing was that something you were very passionate about from the beginning, or you have interest in music beyond high school or anything like that? Did you dabble? I had a little interest. I think I have a lot of uncles that live in St. Louis City, right? So they grew up 70s, 60s, 80s, blues, heavy, like jazz, like talking like streets, that type of stuff. So still have two or three that play in bands, saxophone, stuff like that. And then honestly, I thought a trumpet was like a saxophone. And I picked the wrong thing in sixth grade. So I picked a trumpet, but I was thinking I wanted to play a saxophone. But anyways, I played the trumpet. It was cool. I kept playing it and then like, as I feel like eighth grade ended and you got to high school, everybody was like, all right, let's put this down. Like, we're done with this. Let's just, let's hoop. Let's play football. Let's play baseball. And for me, I was just like, yo, like, at that time, that might have been one of the first times, but it's always been times where I just was like, I just didn't really follow many other people. You know what I mean? Like, it, it wasn't one of those things where I did that, and, like, I just didn't care. And so I was definitely the only basketball player, except for one that came the year after. Um, and he played baseball too. And we actually kind of stuck together like throughout the few years, like now he's pitching, uh, in a show, which is cool. But like we, like throughout that time, I did not have anybody that played basketball. Um, only one guy that played football in the band. And so it was cool, but it was one of those things I always embraced socially. Like I've always been somewhat of a social butterfly. Like I don't jump out and talk to you, but I just talk to people. And so like that band, like, whole group like I embrace that type of just new climate you know what I mean like it's a whole different type of conversation I'm having in the gym or the locker room with them and like so you know what I mean no matter how you look at them or like band you know at the time like band geeks right you say stuff like that like I'm in there you know what I mean like <laughs> at the end of the day you don't want to see me on the court so it didn't matter you know what I mean so that's kind of that was my mentality throughout the time and yeah I loved it I didn't I didn't have really any aspirations to play music after, though. I just kind of always had that artsy side and art background, too, that I wanted to go after. Well, I mean, you also are, are really into photography and stuff like that. Like, you kept art art in your life. And yeah, you, for sure. Were you really into drawing and things like that? I think in college, one of your majors was actually, wasn't it something to do with art? Yeah, I mean, I did marketing was a big, just a big background for me. So I think the visual and just marketing and um, being able to tell the story through whether it's writing, reading, just through the arts has been big for me. I mean, I like I was good at things like math and physics and science growing up, but that's not my passion. Like, I don't care about reading analytical type things. Like, I'm kind of into that creative side. And, you know, with sports, like I said, it's hard to always – get that opportunity to do a lot of things or even sit down and do things like that. Um, but luckily after like, I mean, during college, obviously marketing was big in college. I did a lot with go for sports as far as like some social media stuff early for our team, the day in the life stuff early on. I first started doing some of that stuff in the NIT run. I, uh, kind of had us them follow us throughout that, like early on on Snapchat. Right. I mean, this is 2014. So, kind of in that prime second year of Snapchat, first year of Snapchat early on. So just doing some of that stuff and love that type of stuff. I was taking e-marketing class at the time. Um, this sport marketing stuff, I had this sport management. I just took it up at the end of my like 
year I knew I was going to finish early. I knew I could just do some sport management classes because I wanted to do a sport management master's program. Um, so I started out on some of that stuff. And so I did a lot of marketing stuff with that. And so I think that really started, jump started it. And then I guess about a year after, um, I kind of circled back into some Nike EYBL stuff. Um, so it really started my girlfriend who worked at Sports Engine, who owned D1 Circuit at the time. Uh, I went with her to a lot of these tournaments and these AAU tournaments are actually in the same, most of the same cities and sites of the ones I played in growing up too. And originally it was one of those things where I just wanted to reconnect. Like I had a lot of coaches out there, like the basketball world is just really a connection type world. So I went out there talking to a lot of former coaches, like with me, two different staffs, I had about 15 different coaches in college. So every single one's out there. My high school coaches are out there. Uh, and I went out, out there with those connections um, with Hoops in Christ, right, which is one of those things where um, at the time and still, like, I was really looking to make that grow and take it to the next level. So connecting with different programs about what we're doing and what's going on. Um, and at the time, uh, you know, she's running photography, some design stuff, Instagram stuff. She's doing player interviews. She's doing all this stuff. One, I'm already having a little opinion about some of the stuff, so I'm saying stuff. She's asking questions, and I'm enjoying that. I'm like, oh, man, I kind of like being a part of this process. What is this process? Is this media? I don't even know what this means. I've always been a hooper. I don't even know what this process is. So all of a sudden, ooh, another basketball vertical. So I think that really brought me into it more. Uh, and then, like I said, she's literally doing all this stuff. And another guy who's just walking around and, like, watching, you know, some of the games. But she's doing all these creative things where she's kind of missed out on other opportunities to do stuff. So she's like, yo, here, just take the camera, go take some pictures. Literally, I took the camera, went and took pictures, came back. She said, those are, those are nice. Those are good pictures. And that's really how it started for me, photography. She just gave me the camera. I'm already at the events. Now I'm already connecting with people. What makes it super easier to connect with people is putting a huge camera in your hand. <laughs> you want to talk to you. So, like, now everybody's talking to me. Who are you? So I'm walking around, throwing on the media bash. They don't even know where I got it from. I'm taking pictures. And that's really where I'm at today. Like, that's how I'm a photographer here now. I already knew a lot of people at the gym anyway. And I think, for me, like, I'm really trying to learn a lot more of the technical skills. That's where she's here for. Like, teach me a lot of those just post-editing and, you know, kind of still even kind of making sure they're all in the right spots in the folders and stuff like that, right? Like, I'm moving on a fly type stuff, like, all the little things I'm learning, all that stuff, the different settings, the lighting. Um, but I think one thing that I was able to be strong with earlier is literally just capturing, capturing each subject and in motion or in a right position because, for me, I'm literally just watching the game now through the lens in a different way. But, like, I've always been, like, a, super, a nerd of film. I've always loved watching basketball film. I was always on a scout team in college anyway, right? So I'm scouting some of the best other teams' guards anyway. So I just love watching the game through a photographer's lens now. And I think that's one of the biggest things that kind of got me to actually learning and becoming better at it because I really knew what was going to happen and how plays were going to develop. But it was really just a whatever here, let me take the camera type of thing, how I got started. And now it's one of those things where, it's just a new craft that I want to keep trying to perfect and kind of keep hitting that creative side. Like I have that itch, I have that art itch. I don't have the trumpet anymore, but now I have a camera in my hand. Well, like you just said, you the great thing is you played. And like you, like you said, you scouted. 
you really know when people are going to be in the air, what's going to be a dope picture. You know what I mean? Where a lot of people, they're just shooting. Mm -hmm. You have that mindset like, oh, this dude is doing this. I know where he's going to be. I know exactly how he's going to lay up. I know it's going to look dope in this picture. When you're an actual athlete, I think that does add to it. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. The biggest thing for me is make sure I get it. Like, the mass I get is I know what's going to happen, and if I miss it, I'm pissed. So that's, <laughs> that's really, that's how it is for me. And it's like, that's a matter of just getting better at it, getting that focus right, and just getting the skills down. And it's just like hoops, man. It's just like shooting free throws. It's just repetition, shot after shot after shot after shot. Well, so this is the other thing I really want to get into, and you touched about hoops in Christ. Your passion for sports and faith and your ability to interact with people from all walks of life has led you to hoops in Christ. So talk to me about that. Your family, you were raised in a Christian household. Your parents are very about religion, right? Like they're great staples in your life to help you along this journey. Can you talk to me about all that, your upbringing and, and what got you to hoops in Christ? Cause you're the, the COO. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I guess first faith wise, yeah, my upbringing with my parents, even starting with my grandpa and that generation, you know, they started in Catholic church in Kirkwood, Missouri, St. Peter's Church, which was interesting for me. I think that helped my ability, like you said, to connect with people with, from all walks of life um, because I grew up and played basketball and went to school of religion once a week um, and then went to other classes once a week at a Catholic school church, which was 98% white, 2% being me and like one or two other families on the occasion that were black. So I had to go through that time all the way up until eighth grade well, at the same time, um, my aunt and then my grandma, like, going to their churches and then my friends down in the city of St. Louis. So I'm going through that walk of life and going to a church called the Rock Church in St. Louis, which is a lot of St. Louis people know about. I'm playing there, and that's a whole different aspect, right? Like, I'm playing people like, that's, I mean, that's where I'm playing black kids, and then I'm playing white kids at a different church. And at that time, um, I didn't even know it, but that just helped me a lot, really, not even change how I act towards no matter how you look as well as just appreciate everybody no matter how you look and so that helped a lot and that's why for me basketball faith connecting has been big for me and that could be something where I could probably go a lot of different avenues like I told you I still have dreams and aspirations to play I mean not to play but to work for an NBA team right or even work or run a college program but um, Hoops in Christ, I got connected with Hoops in Christ because the original founder, Chauncey Hollingsworth, is from St. Louis, Missouri, where I'm from as well. We grew up training and playing basketball together since like elementary school and middle school. And so we played under Corey Frazier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we played under Corey Frazier, who's like the current Brad Beal elite coach, right? So who was the St. Louis Eagles at the time. And like when I talk about EYBL photographer type stuff, like, you know, he's there. And then my other high school coaches coaching EYBL too. But back to it, like Corey Frazier, we train, we go there. Me, Drew, a guy named Rayshawn Simmons, my younger uh, little cousin that played with Webster too. Like a lot of us, we're going there weekly. We're training and we're getting open runs, like hard open runs. Like, I mean, you're ready. Like that's where you just get tough. That's like one of the reasons I knew I could come here and play in the Big Ten, like St. Louis open runs where like, you're getting embarrassed if you're not ready to go out there. And so that's where we're at. And Frage, that's how he runs him. Like, you can ask Frage, he's lightened up a lot now. Like, back then, like, those workouts even, if you're not coming with it, he's embarrassing you. Like, get out. Get out the gym. And so me and Chauncey, we come from same basketball background with that. Um, Coach Blossom would come do some stuff sometimes. Then Tate uh, Tat, which is Jason Tatum's dad, Justin Tatum, 
he was Chauncey's coach in high school. And so him and Corey Frazier, best friends. So he would come go put us through workouts. So, you know, going through that stuff and those guys, that was huge from a basketball sense. And being in Minneapolis, Chauncey called me when I was at Minnesota and said, hey, I'm in Minneapolis. Like, I'm going to school here. Let's connect. And I'm like, they only said my school is the only school in Minnesota. Like, that's what they said on all the recruiting visits. Only be one school. I never heard of North Central University. He calls me. We connect. I put him on the list. He shows up to the game. And literally that time, he had a hoops and Christ hitting y'all. Right after that, I connect with him. What's going on? <laughs> What's that? Blah, blah. Oh, yeah, hoops and Christ. He had a shirt. Actually, he brought it for me. Play harder, pray harder. And so he's marking it early. And so I'm getting it, showing me what's going on. Like, okay, okay, cool. And um, like about three or four months later, I think, we just meet. We meet over there um, at the Purple Onion, I think it was, over there on campus. We got a salad or whatever, got together. Um, he was just talking about all the stuff that was going on, what I was doing, and, you know, just talking about hoops and Christ, what he was doing. He was going through some times, doesn't know what he was doing. He was just training, blah, blah, blah. And so we go through, and I really got to understand Hoops in Christ. And then soon after that, um, you know, I let him know. I was probably going to graduate early, things like that. And he came to me and said, hey, could you be a part of Hoops in Christ? Like, could you just, whatever you're doing, like, how you're doing it marketing-wise, like, classes, like, do you want to help Hoops in Christ anyway, you know, or whatever. And um, at that time, I was kind of insinuating at that, too, in that conversation. Like, he's never really outright asking one, but he was like, I just knew I could take it to another level as far as business wise and mm -hmm. what he got, you know, he had hoops in Christ. He trained. I knew how he trained at the time. Dre Hollins went back and trained with them. Dre came and let me know, Hey, this guy, like, I want to be here. I don't want to go to pre-draft stuff. So this is like come junior year around that time, senior year. And I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to kind of really work on this and help out with this stuff. So around that time, um, I just kind of took some of that business side of stuff from him. And, you know, he could really focus a lot more on that training aspect. Um, I would obviously come train as well, too, um, just because, I mean, I knew basketball. And this is kind of starting to go until after college. And that's when I got to really utilize my sport marketing background and my marketing major. And then I started my master's a year early in sport management. So got to utilize some of those skills and tools I learned from there. And um, it was one of those days where it was a passion of mine, basketball, faith. It was big for me. I could trust him 100%. He could trust me 100%. And it's been like that ever since. And it's been super cool just to let that and see that grow. And I started out of corporate America for about four years. I'm just now finishing with that. And I use that just to understand the corporate system and understand how to take a business and run a business and see all the org charts and to see how to work that and see what the vision could be like that, mm -hmm. um, as well as just kind of get some of those tools, right? Some of those sales tools and understand how we can make that grow. And then at the same time, this photography stuff came up. So I've become, you know, I've taken a marketing expense super down now, right? We always have a photographer, whether it's me, whether it's someone in my network and um, basketball wise and just business plan wise, it's just been cool just to help grow that and then help grow a lot of the nonprofit and foundational side too. Well, on top of that too, I mean, you guys have blossomed. Like you've taken it to that next level. You train some of the best athletes it, well, from Minnesota, off the top. Yeah. But, I mean, I know you guys do stuff outside of Minnesota as well. But I know, I mean, if you could tell us about that, because you even interacted with Slam, which is when you're a kid and you're growing up, that's the magazine when you're talking about hoops that you're like, dude, I want to be in this magazine. And you guys actually have them in the gym running through players that you're training. So is, right. is that kind of surreal, you know, seeing where it's come from, from when you're having that conversation with him at the Purple Onion? 
For sure. I would say so. I would say it's one of those things, even when Chauncey and I, we sit down sometimes, like, okay, we're moving a little bit, right? But we're just so in it, you know, you don't even realize that, right? And being in this hoop scene even more now, in this media scene even more now, it I guess it is surreal. And But now even just being in it, um, you realize just what it's about. You're so focused on the vision of what we're doing, and we're just so locked in to making better athletes and athletes for us, like LeBron, like he's right on. It's more than an athlete for us. It's bigger than basketball for us. And so we're so locked in on that, that even things like that, you know, it just doesn't really register to us as much anymore. We're just getting to it. Whether you say something like a slam, like most recent, like that's one of those things where, you know, Chauncey's able to get in the gym with someone like a page backers this year. And, Chauncey doesn't care what Paige's name is. Chauncey doesn't care if Paige Beckers is the sixth grader that's from Trent Chan, hasn't just started playing basketball. And what we've been able to build at Hoops in Christ is a foundation where when I train, that's how I treat my people. And when all three or four of our other trainers we've been able to build and they've been in our training program for years, they do that same thing. And so it's one of those things where it's just things just start happening. We're just treating everybody the right way in the same way. And for Chauncey, that's how it started growing organically. And for all of us, that's how we've been able to grow our relationships and how whoever's with Hoops in Christ, you know, there's going to be some sort of accountability and trust with them. And with that slam thing, even like just them reaching out, you know, Chauncey's just treating him just like it was a local newspaper guy, just like it was myself who wants to go take pictures, just like it was an intern in college who wants to come take pictures of it. They want to go video page. Chauncey just saw that as someone coming in wanting to video his people. And that's the same way with a lot of our different trainers um, and just with how we run Hoops and Christ in general. Um, it's one of those things where we're not about all that glitz and glamour, really. Um, really, it's just we know we have people in position to lead this next generation the right way. And we know we've been through some stuff where we've learned from a lot of things in the past. And we have a lot of resources and we're just trying to arm people with that. And like you said, yeah, it's Minneapolis, but I mean, we're from St. Louis and we have Hoopers all around the world right now too, overseas and in the country. And one of the biggest things, even for me now, right? One of the biggest strategic goals over this next three is our global expansion and our national expansion right now. How do we keep growing and making it bigger, but also how do we keep impacting this city even more? Because as we all know, this city needs it right now. Um, and for me, I've always been someone that can be in the middle connecting people. Uh, so that's the biggest thing for me is, you know, connecting people. And then Chauncey and myself, we just want to build more leaders. Um, we want to keep pushing each other and growing together mm -hmm. as leaders of Hoops in Christ. But we want to keep growing and pushing others as well here. Man, it, it's been incredible. It, it's funny because, dude, I'm I'm so new to it. I wasn't even really a basketball guy. I was really a football guy. Mm -hmm. And um, I play basketball because I just love playing pickup basketball, hooping, right. whatever. Um, Dawson Garcia ended up becoming a pretty good buddy of mine because he'd come play at our open gyms. And we would right. just talk trash back and forth, blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah. COVID happened. And, and another good buddy of mine is Marcus Alapate, by the way. So that's how I originally found out about you guys. Okay. So, so I knew of you right off the jump from that. and Because right. um, I know you guys partnered to do a camp with him back in the day. And yeah, I know yeah. Yeah, me and Marcus go back a little. Oh, yeah. Say college. Because he was St. Thomas, so we like. 
Oh, that's where I'm from. Gyms. I went to St. Thomas. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. So open gyms, we would always go over there, and I was like the guy. Like, so, I mean, that's my social butterfly element. I was <laughs> the one that made sure we knew, all right, St. Thomas open gym, 1 o'clock. We'll be with Marcus, and then we'll kick with him after, and we'll we'll all be together. So I was always with uh, Marcus in that aspect. And then we, like, Marcus did a lot of shirt stuff in college, like, and then I got in trouble in college, too. Like, I think one of the reasons for Hoops in Christ, too, why I didn't, like, pick just a sports background is because I always kind of had an entrepreneurial background, too. And, like, I'm always looking to figure out how I can start and build something else. And I'm trying to arm a lot of my friends and other athletes around me on how they can build their brands, too. And, like, in college, Marcus did True You. And then I did, like, some dumb little brand called Selfie Gang, which was, like, you're taking selfies. You know, Snapchat, it was huge. Right? Yeah. So I was big on Snapchat. So we had T-shirts. We were selling them. So me and Marcus, like, we partnered on, like, a lot of those little business initiatives. We had, like, the same T-shirt manufacturer. Like right I made, on. We had spring jam shirts in college, so I made spring jam shirts. I ended up getting in trouble for, like, all of this because <laughs> NCAA is terrible, but we'll get – that's a different conversation. <laughs> well, so I hit up Shauncee, and I, I told him, because Dawson during COVID was trying to find a gym. I didn't realize he'd already know you guys without yeah. me. So, like, I'm hitting up Shauncee. I'm like, hey, man, you got an open gym. My guy Dawson's trying to find a place to hoop, blah, 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 blah. And then I, yeah. I send the picture, like screenshot it to, to Dawson because he's hounding me. He's like, hey, find me a gym, find me a gym, find me a gym. And so I, I sent him one to, to you, one to Nick Carroll. I didn't even realize that you guys all already know each other. Yeah, yeah. So I was yeah. like, I'm the idiot. And he's like, bro, I've already texted all them too. Nobody can get in anywhere is what he was yeah, telling me. Yeah. <laughs> the basketball community is huge. I mean, like it's huge here, but it's so small when you get to know a few different people. Being at the U, though, I've learned being at the Gophers is a little separated, so. I've been trying to bridge that gap more from, like, the actual high school community. You know, I don't – now that you're saying that, um, and this is just me thinking, the Gophers have had a lot of trouble keeping in-house talent. You guys are already this great hub that has a great relationship with so many people from here. Why hasn't Patino called you guys up? Why hasn't he said, hey, man, let's link. Let, let's make this work. Give you a title. Get you into the game, which you already want to do. Help with teams. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that would be good. I feel like I think Dre Hollins is trying to get this grad assistant role right now. Hopefully that goes well, and like I think that would be a start. Um, I'm like one of those things where I'm learning a lot more about just the scene and what's going on, and you know, learning about coaches and the process more. And I guess I haven't been really forefront in trying to get a job there, but things like that. But if that opportunity opened up. I think that would be huge, and I think. Um, that's something, what we're growing now locally, whether it's Dre and myself, Dre Hollins doing camps now locally together, um, whether it's Damian Johnson over at Benilde, and then I'm just kind of over there kind of help run some of that training and stuff and help grow their brand and things like that and be around the city, like whether it's that, whether it's Trevor helping him out over there, a lot of these former Gophers being in community, I think more, because when I was at the U, I didn't see it. Like, I didn't hear about a lot of former golfers out coaching or doing much training, anything like that. So I think now having them out more and then having some years under our belt, maybe it'll make us more desirable and hireable by coaches. Um, you know, I don't know, like, if Coach Patino has thought about that at this time, but I for sure think that'll be big now that we will be in that community. Because for me, I say it all the time. People ask about how we're going to get this in-state recruiting up. And it's all about the relationships you have with these local coaches and, like, creating that path and bridging that gap more i just don't think that gap's there yet bridged yet as far as a really close tight-knit relationship with not just coaches but aau coaches and trainers around there because 
players like Dawson, who he's looking to is his trainer or his second assistant coach. Those are the people that are your mentors. It just depends, like, what type of kid you are. Some, you know, they kind of, they go to different and gravitate to different types of people and different types of personalities. So, like, as a coach and as a coaching staff, you've got to make sure you hit all those different basketball leaders and communities. Yeah, man, I, I think that we definitely need that because there's, as a fan of the Gophers, we need that. You know yeah, what I mean? For and, sure. And for me, too, it's that that kind of thing. You get so bummed out, but at the same time, no kid wants their career to be the guinea pig that stayed home. Right. So, like, I understand Dawson. Just he wants to be in the best possible situation for him. And that's how all the guys are looking at it. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. So I, I don't know how we figured that out. I, I, I've had a lot of conversation with Vincent Greer about that as well. Like, what yeah, do we yeah. got to do? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. No, we'll see. Like, Vin, yeah, Vince Greer is cool, dude, too. Like, as far as I'm getting close to him. And, like, yeah, we're figuring out some stuff. I've got some stuff cooking as far as just even us as alumni coming together more, right? Like, it's hard because Damian Johnson, I think, brought it up, or Trevor Mbakwe brought it up to me at lunch. You know, like, the staffs, they change so much. It's it's hard to go back and even have people at the campus. Like, I don't know any assist. I don't know any office staff. I don't know anyone besides Coach Patino mm-hmm. and, like, Kayla, our administrative assistant, you know? And so you need that to even build, like, just some type of brotherhood. You see that with Duke now all the time, that little brotherhood thing. I mean, it's a real thing, actually, because – People like that, like, you can look back at a Tyus Jones. You can look back at a, I don't know, a Jason Tatum, a Kyrie Irving, a Grant Hill, a Christian Leitner. They're all playing for the same coach as well, right? And you can call them and it's okay and talk about what's going on. And, you know, there really isn't even that going on with us right now. And that's something I think for us, I think maybe even we can help control that more. Um, but also I hope, and like, I think this coaching staff, you know, they've got me in the middle of the way too, where like, there is more of a brotherhood thing there. And there is more like alumni type things where we're coming back more often than just alumni day where you're going just at halftime and you're speaking and you're waving and you're leaving. Like maybe we need one, two, three more things. And I'm not going to ask all that of the university of Minnesota. I would hope like they'll start taking more suggestions, but for now, my plan is to give a lot of these guys that want to make that happen. And we're just going to start doing that ourselves, whether it looks like 16, um, 16 person zoom call every month, something like that. So we'll see. That's dope. I like to hear that. Um, it, it's crazy too, because I, I think that, you know, a job as an assistant isn't always that desirable. Um, right. A lot of people don't, you know, it sounds nice. And then a lot of people get into the job and they're like, dude, I didn't know this is what I signed up for. Cause it's a right. lot of hours and it's not much pay, you know, especially if you're starting out. Yeah, exactly. That's why I stopped kind of wanting to be a coach because that whole process of getting there, yeah. start as a video coordinator, go D2, go Juco, go D3, make it to high school, make it to the college, be a video coordinator again, then be an assistant, then be an associate, then be at a bad school, then take that staff and get to a good school and then get fired two years later and have to move again. <laughs> And so it's definitely a process where you're like, ah, not sure if I'm ready for that. And you're, you're not even talking about the part like, all right, I'm doing 80, 80 to 100 hours a week here. I'm not seeing my girl. I'm sleeping in the office. I'm wearing the same clothes from yesterday. You're, mm-hmm. you're leaving out a lot of the terrible stuff, too. Not even just, you know what I mean? Like, it's tough. I don't know. Special person to love it that much. It's tough, for sure. But, man, I really appreciate you coming. Oh, you know what? I do want to know one thing. 
Okay. Who was running those practices? Were you and Shaunsi at each other's necks back then? Were you guys foes? Were you guys still cool on the court? How'd that all go down? There was times when uh, Chauncey and I would go at it, for sure. Like, and there was, like, always, like, fall league things. And, like, China, like guard in St. Louis is known as, like, a guard-heavy type town. Like, very guard-heavy. We're all very quick. We all get to our spots very quick. And, like, you're not picking really any of us up full, no matter where we go. And Chauncey was quick. And he was shorter than me at that time. And then I was always quick, but stronger. And, like, that was always throughout college, too. Like, I was one of the strongest on our college team throughout our four years. And it was just, like, my body frame and my type. And so I remember we had, like, battles, like, still to this day. Like, he says he remembers, like, some of my off-arm stuff. And I just remember him, like, just being super quick because his entire team was like that. He played for Jason Tatum and Justin Tatum, which is Jason's dad. And, Justin was known as just a running gun team. Like they just went up and St. Louis was already guard heavy running gun. So to be known as running gun, you got to be running. And so Chauncey's like the main one in there pushing that up. And we had just a lot of fall league stuff and things like that. And even workout stuff. And yeah, we were definitely going at, it. but it's a, it's a lot of great hoopers there in St. Louis that a lot of them even didn't even make it out. You know what I mean? Like that's one of the, that's one of the biggest things. And that's like why me and Chauncey are super passionate about hoops in Christ, like, we're just trying to give a blueprint to a lot of these guys through basketball, through faith, through leadership, just letting them know whether it's with Hoops in Christ platform, our foundation, which is the We Are Leaders Foundation platform, like, just letting them know, like, yo, hoops can be used as a tool, but there's a lot of other things you got to make sure you got right so you can make it out. And there's a lot of things that's about to happen that's inevitable, but you got to be prepared for it, too. And we both saw a lot of dudes that could have made it out that didn't make it out, especially being from St. Louis. And so that's why both of us are just so passionate about hoops and Christ in general and not just in Minneapolis, which is a lot more similar to St. Louis than I thought as far as the kids. Like, kids are kids. They all have their distraction in every environment. Um, but it's a lot similar. So we're trying to do that here and back in St. Louis. Well, man, I hope you find comfort knowing that you are changing lives because you guys definitely are. Um, it's been awesome to see the type of people that are produced through your program. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's been amazing. You got, and everybody I talk to, they're, they can't say nothing but good words. So it, it's, it's really cool to see. Really cool to see. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I appreciate that. We hope that we just push people through that can just go out and do whatever they want, but somehow impact other people. We just want to build more leaders. That's the biggest thing. You think you'll be able to hook me up with Shansi next time on the show? Yeah, for sure. I can, I can hit him up and see what we can do. We'd love to get him on. Yeah, for I, sure. It's, I it's, appreciate you coming on, Ken. Definitely, definitely. I appreciate you having me, man. Love to have you back whenever you want to come back. Hopefully you got some gopher updates for us, too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, we'll have to connect and see what we can do with some stuff or connect on some stuff. There's some gopher stuff that I've got in the works, too, so maybe some stuff we can do here. Appreciate you. For sure. All right, then. I appreciate it, man. Have a good one. You, too.